0: Okay, five two. The Maple Leafs get absolutely slaughtered. I guess in a game that was far worse than the line, score line indicated. Rather, uh, that was if not the lowest point of the season, at least the lowest point under Sheldon Keith. Right? Absolutely. That was when you said five two. For a second, my
1: brain didn't kind of make the same connection that this is the like the game that we just watched. It feels like like a nine two loss it feels like the 9-2 Nashville loss
0: it feels like it could have been 9-2 if Sidney Crosby wanted it to be 9-2 yeah
1: but he was like I'm a merciful
0: god so
1: I'll I'll just let you guys kind of skate out of here with some I think if honestly that that might be worse than the 9-2 because he's like I'll give you some hope you know you came back we'll make you feel good and then they're going to come into Scotiabank Arena on Thursday and absolutely
0: dummy them again there's a real big brother attitude to that mm-hmm. uh third period oh i I mean we're gonna get into everything i think this is a a, a big sort of culmination of things that has led to this moment i guess uh we haven't seen the leafs really at their best i think for about two weeks now and we've seen sort of a slow decaying of their performance uh and it led to this moment and now they got to look themselves in the mirror as people have mentioned or as some of the players and the coaches have mentioned after the game and really figure out what they're going to be about um but let's get right into our takeaways of the game, because I'm sure we're going to touch on everything that happened as we run through everything. So I'll let you lead with uh, the biggest thing that jumped off the page for you after this game.
1: The, we, With all the talk about trades that we've had in the last little bit, you know, we seem to talk about them on every episode, and we're going to talk about them on this episode, too. The Leafs don't deserve any reinforcements here. We keep talking about, oh, do they need to bring in this guy? I need to bring in that guy. Is it worth kind of doing this? How can we up? No, this is this is a, a roster. And, we, and you brought up the point you, when you went full uncle on, uh, I think it was Sunday. This team doesn't, like, you have Austin Matthews, John Tavares, Mitch Marner, William Nylander. That should be enough for you to kind of sit these guys down and say, figure this out yourselves. You make 40, what is it, $40 million between you four? figure it out it doesn't matter this team doesn't deserve Dylan DeMello is already off the board so we can kind of get that get that out of there but this team with the talent they have with the pieces they have I don't this better be the worst flu in human history (laughs) I like if if we're going to keep using that this better be like the black plague that has descended upon the lease this team does not deserve the reinforcements that everyone keeps banging them about there might be merit to just saying figure this out yourselves
0: I like. I mean, I thought I was going to be alone on the island on that one because you've been pro. You've been pro move. You've kind of waffled a bit. I think pro move is not necessarily you know shipping out a future first round pick because I guess they don't have one uh, for you know a rental asset. You're more uh, the created creative side at least and looking towards uh, what you could potentially do in terms of a hockey deal or maybe just a you know a smaller asset that doesn't really. Get you know, it's not gonna get you it's gonna get you a Dylan Demello, mm-hmm. uh not a Matt Dumba, I guess. Um but I'm completely like I don't want them to do anything. Really? I think they have to make a statement here. Wow. Because like it's it's just been a string of you've been hand given everything. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. what's the response from these guys? Think there's about the There's no names. Res- there's no response. There's like I know every like every episode we've talked about. Well, Austin Matthews is pretty good, and you know what? He scored number forty three tonight to take the league, league lead. That doesn't absolve him of criticism. You
1: know who else hasn't been good? But like, though?
0: there's nothing else from nobody else. From Mitch Marner else. has been terrible. No, he was awful again tonight.
1: John John Tavares for his, you know, he, he it's tough to you know sort of criticize him because he's you know such a good leader and everything. But I didn't notice him on the ice tonight
0: at all. So this team has worked around the clock, right? All mm -hmm. summer, making tough decisions. Bending uh, the rules. Bending the rules, doing everything possible to at least support this group with some talent. And when things get really tough, when they're in the mud...
1: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
0: If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wegovy or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care.
1: And and this was like and think about even how recently when they seemed to be in the mud too the team Dubis responded again by 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 saying okay if it's goaltending here's Jack Campbell if it's toughness here's Kyle Clifford. And the team was like, great. And they had a little dead cat bounce where you know you they hit the ground and bounced up a little bit, but they were still dead. It seemed like this. How many? You're right. How many more lifelines does this team need? How many more times are they going to say? Are we going to make? Oh well, they're this guy away or they're that guy away. Or, if only I have this, and then Dubis goes out and gets something that fits that mold, and then and then they still they have a little bit of response and they get embarrassed again. This was an embarrassing loss, and we've had these points all season where we've gone this is embarrassing they, there's nowhere else to go up from here last podcast we talked about that and they went out and they produced that effort That's, this is terrible I I don't think that they should go through the deadline without adding anyone I think you know messages kind of shouldn't be the, the main focal point at this point in the year I think if, if you can add a piece to the team that can improve the roster then you go out and do it but I, I'm i leaning a lot more on your side now because unless, unless you can get like a huge fish this might be the bed
0: they have to lie in so here's the juxtaposition, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah. I think it's pretty clear that this team is not one piece away from being a, an elite or at least a Stanley Cup contender. We saw a Stanley Cup contender tonight, a team that lost Evgeny Malkin in warmups and didn't even blink. The guy who comes in for him scores the second goal. Like This is a team that has resolve. The Maple Leafs do not have resolve right now. So thinking that, hey, one defenseman that could bump a couple guys down back into the peg that they probably belong in is going to change things for this team, I think is foolish.
1: The greatest tweet in recent hockey history was from acting a foolman where he said the, the Penguins always have seemed to always have like five guys injured and it's Sidney Crosby playing on a line with with Mark Donk and Buzz Flibbit and they all and they each have like 47 points on the year like it's true the Penguins Anthony Angelo doesn't even have a picture next to him on hockey DB right now and he scored tonight against Frederick Anderson we're gonna get into that by the way it's amazing but like this and this was this wasn't even a pre like this wasn't even you know earlier in the game or earlier in the day this was literally in the opening warmups one of your best players goes, I can't play, and you thrust a guy in who has zero career NHL goals and he gets one. If this will happen, if, if, if John Tavares exited, this is the thing about the mental state with the team right now. If John Tavares exited, you know, pregame warmups with an illness, I bet that would rattle the team and I bet they, they would use that as an excuse for why they lost that night. It, it, there's no more excuses for the team. I'm done. I'm, I'm. There's no more quantifying. There's no more caveats. Win
0: or go home. Literally just a shrug from that Pittsburgh Penguins team that just, came out and rolled them
1: if, uh, there was a narrative that, that it might even be a good thing because they're better when Malkin. Like like it, it
0: come on get out of here okay uh my takeaway is i mean i kind of touched on it haven't been the same for the last two weeks but i don't think they've been the same since they blew that lead to florida like it really did something to them mm-hmm. that second period against florida at home before they blew that third period lead was perfection they didn't allow a shot from inside their own uh inside their own zone rather. And then that's, what happened? And then obviously the third period what what happened happened and I don't think this team has been real I think this team has been reeling since that moment. Now there there was that little adrenaline bump from Jack Campbell who came in and played pretty well and gave them sort of a little bit of life. But other than that, there's been nothing. Nothing that's moved the needle at all for them. They've been just sort of decaying as an entity since that moment, just playing really uninspired. Unassertive hockey And I don't know why That this continues to snowball We've mentioned in previous podcasts That they they just don't have that They just don't have that ability To dig in and stop things from snowballing But this is getting to the point Where it's laughable With the way that their performance And their entire structure Is just sort of slowly waning And whittling away
1: I keep hearing, like I, I keep hearing around the team that oh, it's mid-February, and there's always this narrative about how players are, you know, if you're going to look for a lull in the schedule, if you're going to look for a time when players kind of, I don't want to say take their foot off the gas, but they're a little burnt out. It's mid-February. It's after the All-Star break. It's yada. This team is fi- like we say this every podcast, and I'm so sick of saying it. This team is fighting for their lives. This team, nothing is given to this team. If they. If Florida goes on a two game winning streak, the Leafs are out of a playoff spot and they're staunchly out of a playoff spot. Like this the fact that this team could even approach a game and th- and not give it 110% right now is absurd. The
0: only reason they're not in dire straits right now is because the Leafs while they've given up a second to the bottom 28 goals against over the last 8 games since that uh debacle against Florida. Florida Panthers have allowed a league worst 31 goals against. So it's the two worst teams probably at least in terms of their ability to keep the puck out of their own net for sure over the last two weeks that are both trying to give away this last spot in the Atlantic division Uh, they basically haven't moved from where they are I think the Leafs have just given back one game that they had in hand or they've given up one game in hand again uh, to Florida and they've just sort of they're just staring at each other asking each other which team wants it and it seems like neither do right now It seems like neither team wants to make the playoffs.
1: Both Florida and Toronto are dropping games left and right, games that they need to win, games that they should win like this is if you're on par with the florida panthers right now who are looking to move you know vincent Trocheck, and are looking to cut salary or cut c- payroll like th- that's sad that's just it's just sad there was a point in this game where i had to take a lap around the office because i was so furious with this it's like this these are professional hockey players their goal their are their profession is to win hockey games and they are going into these games ill-prepared every single night
0: well i'm not sure why they want to give away vinny Trocheck. does he have a expiring deal coming up I, you know what
1: nothing deal so down that's, does that's make just, sense
0: that's just something that's out there Yeah, maybe they just agree hey you trade Trocek we'll trade Tyson Berry and then we'll just see what happens yeah that because that'll season. do it that because will. that'll at least help the Maple Leafs who you know we're trying to debate what they're gonna do if they do trade Tyson Berry at least they could probably recoup some pretty solid assets in return um, but it, I mean it would leave them completely threadbare at the defense position especially if Morgan Riley's not back but like We're getting to the point now. If it wasn't for Florida faltering as it is, like we're looking at the point where they could be legitimate sellers Mm -hmm. in the next week. Like we're, it might not be enough time to really define them, but if they're, if this keeps going or it had another 10 days to continue on the way it is, like they could legitimately play themselves into that status. Oh, yeah. I
1: wrote about this today where I've been breaking down, you know, if the leafs should buy or sell at the deadline and their their version of sell is a little is should be a little different but Tyson Berry is Toronto's is is not Toronto's is the leafs Rudy Gay because when the raptors had Rudy Gay he was putting up fine numbers at least on on paper 19.4 points I think and it, it all was well and good and the raptors sucked and then they decided oh and then Masai Ujiri came in and said okay I'm going to trade Rudy Gay because clearly his he is hurting the team despite his admirable stats on paper and he traded him for a bunch of guys who weren't even close to being as good as Rudy Gay were, but could give you a couple good minutes a night. And on the whole, the sum of their parts were better than just having one kind of selfish superstar. Not selfish, but one kind of like succubus kind of superstar. And the Raptors went 44-22 and 22 the rest of the season, and they made the playoffs for the first time in five years. Tyson Berry is, is the Leafs' Rudy Gay. Because what he does, if you look at the numbers, they're fine on paper. They're good. Under Sheldon Keefe, he's he's producing points and his possession looks fine. And yada. But underneath those stats are the point shots, is the lack of defensive ability. It's the lack of being able to play a featured defensive role. It's the questionable hockey sense. It's it's all these things. And right now it seems like uh, it's purely an emotional thing. But every time he touches the puck, I'm expecting him to do something wrong. And if you can get anything for him you do it but you if you can. can and I you can so if you have you you have a singular asset Their this their version of selling is you have a singular asset in Barry who can give you an inefficient 20 minutes a night and if you can pedal him off somehow and get maybe three assets you can give you an efficient 12 to 15 I think that's a plus for the roster. I think you do that. I don't think Tyson Berry is the piece that this team needs right now at all. And I think, although that would leave them incredibly bare on the right side, hopefully you have another guy coming in coming back in that way. But how much longer are we going to keep banging our head against the wall here? That's 100% waving the white flag on the season, though. Trading Tyson Berry for, yeah. for what, three guys who can give you better,
0: like, who can give well, you, you're, you... You're not going to bring back three live bodies in return, right? I mean, like it may, Maybe there's a sixth defenseman that comes back, but like... Maybe you package him with someone.
1: Perhaps, maybe you've fact, like th- there are a lot of ways you can do you can do this here. But there are clear pieces on this roster that don't fit in. And if you can do something, uh, Dubis has shown that he can do he can kind of rejig on the fly here. If you can do something to help the roster and get rid of those guys. You do it.
0: Okay, like uh, you, I think Sheldon Keith probably wanted to take a lap himself. He had some uh, pretty good quotes after the game. He, he was on, uh, fire. and one of them in particular stood out. He said. Well, it looks like the process that we want to go through is to get embarrassed enough to the point where we really just look in the mirror and recognize what's required for us to compete at a high level. That is about as firm, I'll say, as a coach has been in some time here. Uh, I think we'd be going nuts if Mike Babcock said it. Uh, But I think we all agree that Sheldon Keefe deserves to say that and should say that, and it makes a lot of sense because... I think he's just perplexed here. I don't know. I don't think he knows what to do, uh, because as much as he's trying to say this is like motivate his guys and re and continue to, you know, drive home his message, it's slowly falling apart. Like it's like sand coming through his fingers. Like Mm -hmm. he can't do anything about it right now. Everything he says is not working. So, I mean, does it just come down to these players? playing with pride or is there like a systematic thing that needs to be fixed is this a faulty system uh, i i think i'm as confused as he is i think that there
1: are some systematic things they can tweak i mean clearly there are a lot of cross crease passes that you know leave the goalie in a vulnerable position and there's a lot of turnovers yeah. but you can't look at this at this lineup and think the players are playing at their optimal ability like this is a system that is that is designed to emphasize the skill and speed of the Leafs roster, and right now, especially the speed is just evaporated. Like it's just gone. I don't understand where it is. This is supposed to be a, a you know a speed burning team, and they're it, like Casper and I haven't. I'm so sick of this guy at this point.
0: Like oh, I thought we I thought we had a breakthrough with him. No. We
1: don't because the guy can't score the guy's making 3.2 million dollars a year and he can't score
0: That's another little thing about this roster is there they are really low on elite finishing talent Yeah, there is one player that has that is a plus score. Obviously, that's Austin Matthews I think John Tavares is but maybe can't create his own shot uh, At an elite level but can put it in an elite level when it's there But after that like who's scoring with regularity that you can that you can rely on like, like Jason Spezza w- w- Jason Spezza probably has the next best shot on the team, which is like Kerfoot, Kapanen, uh, Mitch Marner, Mikheyev guys, was doing it too. Mikheyev, Mikheyev certainly. These guys just there is a as much as this team is all about skills development, they do not have a lot of good shooters on this team. No, they don't. And it You're costs right. them.
1: They have they have they don't have a lot of good shooters and the and one of the defensemen who wants to shoot all the time. Is the worst possible guy to make that happen. And you know what? To that point, I was going to bring this up on the last podcast, but I guess it, it's um, it even matters even more now. Is that the Leafs have three goals in their last twenty nine games from defensemen? Like you can't I, look. I don't, I don't. I haven't looked around the league about this stat, but like I don't think you can't win with a blue line that just doesn't. They don't. They don't produce offense, and we already know they can't defend. So what are they doing? What are they there for? What What is the value they bring?
0: I think what's going on with the defense is that we're now seeing the real consequence of Morgan Riley being out. I, I'm what what I'm what I think we're looking at is every single player beyond maybe Jake Muzzin and maybe Jake Muzzin too. Everybody's been sort of given the task to play one rung higher on the ladder than they really should be. Like even tonight, like. Yes, Rasmus Sandin, I think we have all been we both would agree that mm-hmm. he's a better option over Travis Dermott. But now we're we're actually telling a teenage defenseman in his first 15 games in the league, maybe it's 20 now, to play up top 4 minutes to cover for Tyson Berry who's, you know, just not a very good you know, coverage defenseman in terms of like what he's what like lacking responsibilities in the defensive zone. We want him to cover up a lot of those mistakes. Like everybody's playing a little bit too high than they should be. And Justin Hall certainly is doing yes. that right now. I don't know what's going shut on. Shut down pair, obviously. Like a lot of people got excited when he shut down uh, with Jake Muzz and Connor McDavid that one night in Edmonton. A lot of hoopla, right? But this shouldn't be his his function. His function should be. That rock-solid fifth defenseman who's shutting down uh, Second lesser lines. opposition in sheltered minutes. And then he's really valuable to you. Mm-hmm. But as long as he's asked to play over his head and up in these roles that, aren't, that shouldn't be uh, predetermined for him... It's it's trouble. It spells trouble, and it's spelling trouble now. Yeah, but you know who
1: else gets to play? You know, up in the lineup all the time is the Pittsburgh any Pittsburgh Penguin when either Malkin or Crosby are out. Like there's again, there are excuses, and yes, they're missing Morgan Riley. But if Morgan Riley was in the lineup, and just as we were doing all of last all of last year and, and started this year, he's not a good defensive defenseman. So we, the, I don't think that this solves the problems. I think yes, that it, you know, there's a trickle down effect where guys are bumped up a bit more. But Travis Dermott's still in the third pair, and he sucks right now. He's bad at hockey right now. You know, like Rasmus Sandin's asked me to play over his head. And yes, relying on a 19-year-old to give you these kind of minutes is a little unfair. And Martin Marincin's in the lineup, which is over his head right now. Yep. So it's. Like, yes, to your point, that's you're right. But at the same time, like it comes back to the excuses. How many more excuses are we gonna give a team that is that is being paid thirteen million dollars over the hard salary cap to perform? Like this they they are just not playing well right now. Every single player on that roster, stars included, yes, Matthews is scoring, but outside of that, I mean, yeah, he he had a terrible giveaway tonight. I'm not putting this on Matthews in any way whatsoever, but every single player on that team is not performing as well as they could right now and it's showing and to your point the lack of finishing talent is just like i've never seen it more more on on display alexander kerfoot has had like three point blank backdoor chances and he's hit the goalie's pad every single time this guy either needs to get the friggin blowtorch out and curve his stick like crazy so he can just roof everything or he needs to get he needs to become another player i'm i'm at this, you turned to me...
0: I'm leaning towards that
1: one. Yeah, you turned to me during the game and you were like, are like, have we, have we considered that Alex Kerfitt's just not very good? And it dawned on me that maybe
0: you're right. Yeah, yeah. As much as it pains me to admit that. I will say that while the finishing, you know, I mean, we could go on about this, but they are a top, I believe, eight team in goal scoring. So they are finding ways to score goals. They are a bottom team in terms of keeping it out of their own net. And we're going to get to Freddie Anderson, but the problem tonight was the penalty killing. Absolutely. Cross-seam passes going through, sticks not on the ice defending, uh, heads not on swivels, I guess. Like, it was just a dissection by Sidney Crosby in the Pittsburgh Penguins' power play. So, like, we're we're not, you know, we're not in charge of, we're not Dave Haxtell here, we're not in charge of the, the penalty kill. But, like... How how does it happen that it's it's so easy for the Penguins to do what they did tonight?
1: Have we considered the fact that the Leafs assistants are actually not that good anymore? Like, we at the start of the year, the special teams was god-awful. And we all thought, okay, but it's Babcock in- interfering, you know, meddling, and, and suggesting things that they do that they didn't want to do. That was the report that came out. -hmm. And now, and then they had a bit of again, like a a bounce back when Keefe came in and allowed more collaborative thinking, I guess. But now they've gone right back to being terrible. And like the power play is broken, the penalty kill is broken. It's the like the Leafs let, like to your point, the Leafs let the Pittsburgh Penguins do whatever they wanted on the power play. And they had a lot of power plays, you know, like even the fact that they called a penalty back on the Leafs. Like it, this is this is very bad. This is not this is not a good situation. I'm starting to think that Dave Hakstol, there might have been all the all the Flyers fans who were going good luck with that when he got hired in Toronto. I'm starting to think that might be, you know, there might be a point to that. They might have had a point. I'm starting to think, you know, that 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 these these sort of this power play guru in Paul McFarlane I'm starting to think that maybe Babcock wasn't the only issue here. Like there's there are all these issues all across the board. We could dissect this roster and, and nitpick through all of these things. Like it's just a, it is a death by a thousand paper cuts. Everyone is playing at a little at a level below what they what they can. It's not staunch, Some of them are like really staunch, but like, you know, for example, like Mitch Marner, he's still I'm sure he's still producing, but he's not looking like Mitch Marner right now. And that death by paper cuts is just killing the Leafs right now. I don't know what they were doing on the penalty kill. I don't know what they were doing on the power play but they need to figure it out and they need to figure it out
0: fast. So maybe it was Babcock's meddling before, but it has to be Sheldon Keefe's meddling now. This is his mess to clean up, right? Yeah. On both sides of the special teams equation because it has to improve. Yeah. I mean, we've seen a real a real stagnancy with that power play. I mean, they are just continuing to do the same things that aren't working over and over and over again. The only time they really have success on the power play is when plays break down and they manage to win or get a fortunate bounce, win a puck battle, and then something happens out of a scramble. That's when we're seeing goals from the power play. This, I mean, we've gone over this again, but the Mitch Marner, it's either Mitch Marner, you know, making a pass, or Tyson Berry trying to make a pass, or one of those two guys shooting, or forcing it into Matthews, and it and it breaks down. I mean, it's it's we've gotta they've got to inject some life into this power play, and it's it's got to either come from obviously it's got to come from either Sheldon Keith or Paul McFarland who has to try and do something new because you look at that Pittsburgh power play. There's nothing stagnant about it. There's lots of movement. There's high to low. They're trying to open up seams, and they opened up seams. There's none of that from the Maple Leafs power play. None at
1: all. Like, it is it is just, and, they, and Sheldon Key pointed out in his post-game presser as well, they had a chance to grab the game by the neck in the first period. They had an early power play within the first, I think it was three minutes, and they did nothing with it. They did nothing. The only thing I remember from that power play is is an exasperated Tyson Berry looking at the sky in a shot. And that kind of sums up everything here. Like, it's, they, and the thing is, they have opportunities to capitalize, and they don't do it. And it seems like they're they're always chasing games. Like there's again, we can go down the list of what they're doing wrong, and it's and it's one thing after another. And it and it's not for lack of trying from Keith. They had a five on three gifted to them, and he tried five forwards on the f- on the five on three, and it seemed to work, but no one could finish. Like no no like the puck was around Tristan Jari's you know five hole the whole time. No one, nothing happened. Nothing. No one could finish. Mitch Marner's at the point trying to make stuff happen, and he's not doing anything. And then he's taking these. He's, it, Tyson Barry's rubbing off on him. Like there's. There's so many things here that are just going wrong with this team.
0: I don't know where to go. I don't know where to look first. What is it about Pittsburgh? What is it about PPG Paints Arena? I, I just it has to be it, a mental it, thing. I mean the, uh, there the minor deja vu earlier in the week when Matthew scored that goal that looked like that yeah. one he scored. That was this, a happy deja this vu. This was this was a negative deja vu where it was like this is exact like this is playing out exactly like it did in the last game that Mike Babcock had. Yeah. I was waiting for that Jason Spezza goal because he was the only one that provided a glimmer of hope, yeah. not even a glimmer of hope, just a moment that you could actually savor in that loss with that huge shot and he did, I mean he scored off Clifford's foot. Uh but it, it just like it played out the exact same way and it and it just made me think like does that mean like it, obviously uh, Kyle Dubas isn't going to, you know, make any rash decisions either way. But like is this sort of is there like a finality to this one as well? No. There's like an, is does it mean anything about his season? Like, am I done are we done like are we done helping these guys? Like, we went over that before, but like does it does this signal anything to him? I at think
1: all? okay, I think it does. I, I thought you were gonna go down the route of does he think of making the Sheldon Keefe coaching no, 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 change? No, no. And that, I mean that shouldn't even be in the it, no, in no, the no, outer no. realms of his mind no. right now. But I think that I think that this has if he was thinking of helping them, like if he I think yeah, you know what? I agree. I think that this is Child- Kyle Dubas is not a small sample guy, but you cannot be a, a, a rational human being and sit in the press box and watch that game and think, I'm going to go out and give these guys reinforcements. I am an- I spent my entire summer jumping through hoops to make sure that all these guys were paid and all these guys were, were catered to, and I dealt with Mitch Marner's friggin' family sh- like funneling... <laughs> Uh, it reports down my throat, and I've I've dealt through all the crap I had to take with with you know the coach that I was saddled with, and and all these contracts and all the crap, and now they're giving me this as a result. Screw this. Figure it out yourselves. I'm done. I you we put a, a line of you three together that was worth more than like the GDP of a small country, and you did nothing. I'm done. Like, figure it out. You're you're grown men. You're not cute anymore. You're not cute little kids. You're not coming in here and everyone going, oh, look at them trying. That's so nice. That's so cute. Good for them. They're a bunch of kids. They're so skilled. Wow, if they make the playoffs, that'll be a great story. House money. They're, we're playing with house money. No, you're making $11 million a year. Go out and perform like it or else don't show up.
0: I think this one was particularly eye-opening because this was a really, really good team for the first time in a while that they faced. Like, Keith has not been happy for a while. Yeah, you can tell. Multiple weeks now, he's been cranky. He's been uh, trying to challenge his players. He's been looking for combinations, taking guys out, bringing guys up, switching everything around, searching for something that works. And the only reason why it didn't blow up in their face is because they hadn't played a good team yet. And look what happened. So they finally run into a a legit team, a, a Stanley Cup contending team that is hitting their stride right now. And it was not even a contest. And it was the perfect
1: kind of Stanley Cup contending team because it this team falls so easily, like we've said, into excuses. And this this team, specifically Pittsburgh, has been hand, has been given the worst injury luck in the entire league this year, and has fought through it. and They are where they are right now. If they had played in a, a you know Tampa or something and being slapped. We could have gone, oh, but we're missing Morgan Riley and Andreas Johnson and Ilya McKayev and even Cody Ceci, and a bunch of guys have been out and there's the flu and this and that and this and that. And you know, that might have been okay, and they could have skated away from that game, thinking, Oh, you know, woe is us. We you know, nothing's breaking for us. But then you look at Pittsburgh, who's one of two generational centers, had to leave in the warm ups, and it didn't even phase them at all. And they've gone through the whole season like that. That I think this, if anything, I know we've said that there are a lot of They've had a lot of, you know, look in the mirror, it's embarrassing kind of moments. But I think this, if anything else, is a look in the mirror moment. Because they're going, we should be them and we're not. And they just
0: spanked us on national television. If I'm Kyle Dubas, it reaffirms everything that I've been thinking. Yeah. Which is this team is just not good enough. Are are you Kyle Dubas? I'm not. Oh, wow. If I was, I wouldn't have traded for Tyson. I thought I was doing a podcast with Kyle Dubas this whole time. Okay, let's get into Freddie Anderson. I know you've been waiting for this one. I've been defending him, right? You still do that? No, I mean you've been. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you've been critical of my defense. You haven't agreed with my defense. I've made, That's why it's a defense. But it's been mostly tongue in cheek, though. It has been mostly tongue in cheek. It's not anymore. It's the t- <laughs> yeah. It's it's getting less and less uh, simple, I guess, to defend him because. I mean, it's completely fallen off a cliff. 880 save percentage in his last 14 games. 50 goals on his last 440 shots. I'm going to have to do the math on that one, but I think that's 880. that would be below 900. Oh, it was 880. That, that's right where I got that number Perfect. from. Perfect. Uh, three goals on four shots in the second period alone. That was numbers. Say that again. Say that one more time. Three goals on four shots yeah. in the second period. That's a little bit easier for me to understand uh, the smaller sample. Uh, it wasn't a good night for Frederick Anderson. But again, the Raltz happens. So I don't care. Other than the one he literally gifted to the Penguins, I believe Bluger scored it, Crosby could have had it, and then he just decided to pass it to someone else who's going to pass it to someone else. And then it was going to go in the net, torturously. Um, none of them were his fault, except that one. Oh,
1: because cause not, nothing is any goalie's fault in this city. No, they It was, all I, do, I Look
0: at me. Look at me, Justin. I don't want
1: to. Look at me. <laughs> I don't care.
0: I know you don't. But <laughs> what? Do, but like... We just talked about how embarrassing this team's performance was. It starts with the goalie. It doesn't start with the goalie in this case. It, he's part of it. He's okay. He had
1: three goals on four shots since they outshot the I'll, Penguins I'll say, 14 to four and he ended up getting outscored.
0: I'll say one thing and I'll let you rant. I think Keith said it best. He's part of the team, so he's got to be better, right? Yeah. yeah. But putting blame on Frederick Anderson when four of the five goals are tapping is. Or even toying with the idea that Jack Campbell would do any better.
1: He would has. He no, has but done better. A, the,
0: just in this game alone. That that is an effort or just a step in the direction of absolving this team of the criticism that they completely deserve. you no. They you're don't right deserve to you're be right let off that. the hook at all. You're right. And saying it's saying it's even I don't say fra- it is fractionally Anderson's fault, obviously. But uh, putting a large segment of the blame on him it takes the heat off the guys that really deserve it and the guys that really deserve it are the guys that let anderson be put in a position where sidney crosby was tapping in goals from inside the crease so did so did the league or the team make anderson misplay that puck behind the net that literally gifted the penguins that's a goal that's the that's the only one so that's why he deserves blame on that it was also the fifth goal the game was over but like the game I, wasn't I, over they 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 they
1: then stormed back and made it an interesting it was not interesting it, it seemed like it. That, that
0: game was not interesting. <laughs> not for one second.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, look, I'm, I'm not going to, like, blow a gasket on Freddy Anderson. He's a good goalie. We all know that. But this is not... Uh, everyone says... Uh, he has peaks and valleys in seasons. You know, he goes up, he goes down, but he always comes out. This is not... It's a, pretty, sh- pretty sharp right now. Pretty this, sharp is, decline. this is not a small sample. This has been going on for a long time. The only reason why I refined this to four, to 14 games, which is dating back to December 23rd, is because that was like the first column that I could do on Hockey Reference. But it, I was looking at the stats going back to, he hasn't been good in like three months. This is a very, very long time where he is being a sub a, just a sub nine hundred really goaltender. He's been very, very bad. And I look, I don't care if there tappens. I I don't care. It like make a save. That's it. Make a save. Jack Campbell came in and he's given the Leafs seven out of eight points. And this being the same team that's been playing in front of him. So either it's a Frederick Anderson prob- Was in Pittsburgh though. Yeah, but this he did this against Buffalo last night. Or On, on Sunday mm-hmm. like this is yeah, Buffalo's not Pittsburgh Buffalo's Buffalo and he still did this five. Go- He'll have five goals to the f- Buffalo Sabres.
0: He was worse against Buffalo.
1: Yes, and and at that time you were still on the Freddie on the Freddie Hill At which we all kind of are because we there's still that belief that he's gonna come out of this But this is not this is not an isolated incident now This is not we're just cherry-picking stats here, and he's actually overall being good. And This is a bad stretch He is not being good I can't remember the last time Frederick Anderson was looked like Frederick Anderson. And I don't know I don't know if it's a it, Jack Campbell's performed in front of the same team and he's performed admirably and that is a small sample. And we're gonna see the true test of that on Thursday night when he plays the exact same team. But like Either it's a either the team just plays instinctively better in in front of Jack Campbell and instinctively worse in front of Frederick Anderson Which is then aids to the theory that there might actually be a goaltending controversy here Because if your team doesn't have any faith in you anymore, then what's the point of trotting you out there? But there's something going on here But the thing that I like the most is that Sheldon Keefe for all the excuses did not let Frederick Anderson off the hook in this one He let he made him stay out there and he made him shoulder the rest of the game And I really I really like that strategy
0: I don't think he could, because I think Jack Campbell's playing Thursday night. Goalie's and a, if you put Jack Campbell in, then you probably have to go back to Freddie. It's not a back-to-back. You can put Jack Campbell in again. He hasn't played in, he hasn't but then, played then in a few you, games. Well, I mean, is there an optics thing there? Maybe. But then you have to look. You, uh, Would it even be better? Not exactly. I guess, I guess you're right. But I just think the reason why he stayed in is because Jack Campbell's getting the start, and you want to put him in the best possible situation, which is a full—you know, the full— amount of rest that he could potentially get and should get because there's no reason for frederick anderson to not finish the game i i agree on that but i do think that there was some of
1: this is your bed you lie in it you you deal with this mess because especially after that fifth goal
0: yeah especially after the fifth i i don't think i was i was expecting him to come out after four because we've seen it before where he's unhappy with his team and he had every reason to be unhappy with with his team and it was more of a message for the team rather than freddie uh, but Freddie didn't respond to that great before. No. So, uh, I mean, I get. I there's a lot of psychology that Sheldon Keefe has to play, but I think this is a simple decision of like, you know, let's not tax the goalie that's going in two nights later against, you know, an elite team in Pittsburgh. Any more anything else from the game we want to get into, or should we go into? I want, uh, yeah, I don't want
1: to talk about this game.
0: We want to talk about how they respond to this game? I mean, yeah, sure. I guess we are going to have to talk about this game. I mean, where do you what do you even say? I, I don't know. I, I don't think there's much to get into here. I think like, you know, well, these what guys do? these guys keep saying the same thing, right? You're Sheldon Keith. You're not Kyle Dubas. We've established that. So you're I'm Sheld- not Kyle Dubas. I'm you, now Sheldon
1: Keith. You're now Sheldon Keith. I
0: probably wouldn't say a word. He didn't. He said he, he
1: said he fired all his bullets after the first period and just didn't even address the team after
0: the game. I would probably because they're going to fly home tonight. I don't know if they're going to practice tomorrow. I guess we could have. Uh, they're probably going to cancel that practice too. They don't practice much, and I doubt they will practice. I mean, they're on. I think they're. This was ten game and eighteen nights. Tenth game and eighteen nights. I think so. In February, which is insane schedule. So with flying and uh, you know, Leafs Pittsburgh one of the- coming up, I I don't expect them to practice tomorrow. But I might just leave it as it is. Not say a word tomorrow, cancel practice, show up to the rink Thursday, uh, mandatory skate, go through a re- regular practice, and not say a word because as we've been talking about, we think the onus should be on them to figure it out themselves, and if that's a organizational decision from Kyle Dubas, then it should be in line with what Sheldon Keefe is doing and he should just let them figure it out. I, I agree, but then at the same time, you're gonna keep Frederick Ote as the third ce- like the third center
1: again? You're gonna you're gonna do that? Like this this yeah. was I look, I, I enjoy Sheldon Keefe's tactical thinking. I've covered him I covered him for three years. You know, I he's I think he's got a great hockey mind. I don't know what he was thinking with this lineup. I this was I don't know what I was looking at when they were when they tweeted out the uh the pre the pregame line rushes. Like it was why put why put Martin Marincin in tonight? oh, was it to help the penalty kill? Because that didn't work. God, no. Uh, was it to give some defensive size? That didn't work. The team, you know, the pens walked all over you. Uh, was it to, the only reason it could be was Sheldon Keefe knew that a bloodbath was coming and wanted to spare Timothy Lilligan from it. That's the only, and it clearly wasn't that, but that's the only thing I can think of. Like it's, uh, this, was a, this was a very, very odd lineup and it was hurt by the fact that you know these players are are uh, you know th- like there's injuries involved and and the depth is kind of def- de- you know being depleted like we talked about the middle class is going down but like this is this I don't understand why he deployed the players in the way he did tonight it was it was very odd and I think that yeah you kind of keep things the same but there are certain things maybe you know like there's there's certain players on this team that just don't do anything like the whole night I was every time Ote got near a puck I'm like what like what do you add. Tim, Dimitro Timishov, what what does he do
0: it's like no, he takes bad slashing penalties.
1: it's like office you know office space like what do you do here well <laughs> oh, you don't watch movies did you get that I have seen oh that, sweet yeah. okay the one I, the one movie you've seen I got it like it's <laughs> but like what what does he do what what makes him a better option in the lineup than giving a Kenny Agostino a shot or you know Jeremy Bracco is not going to play probably for the rest of the season um, but
0: like anyone anyone else I mean the only thing there could be that they have to make decisions on potentially losing a player I mean you're not gonna I don't think you're gonna lose dimitro Timoshov through waivers but if you're gonna do this complete switch would it be the worst thing in the world it. I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world that might even take a problem off your hands right there it might Okay, let's uh, you mentioned bloodbaths. If there are future bloodbaths, mm-hmm. Timothy Mil- Liljegren might get spared because if they are gonna make a deal, I think we believe that a defenseman has to be coming back, right? Yeah. So has to. if you know, you have your five and potentially Morgan Riley coming back, that would leave him on the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. But a lot of defensemen changed teams today. The Leafs weren't yes. involved. A lot of de- I don't know how many Most, there were five, three. six, There's three. Only three. But it's but it, it they, felt like five they all or six. came
1: in like three minutes too. So it was like they all came in. It was like boom, boom, boom. So it felt like a lot. It was a couple yesterday? Uh, yes. you yeah. That, yesterday was like the Blake Coleman and the and the Tyler Toffoli trades and and whatnot. Like that yesterday was a busy day too. But it was mainly
0: forwards. Okay. So Only three defensemen. So there might be a couple in the market. But Brendan Dillon went to the Caps. Dylan DeMello. A favorite of yours. Our boy. Went to the Jets, Marco Scandella to the Blues. The Leafs weren't in on it. Did they make a mistake not being in on it? What do you think on this, actually? I'm really curious. Not really. I mean, you know my stance. I don't think they should do anything. Okay, yeah. I don't think they should give. I mean, it was only a third rounder for Dylan DeMello. I might have paid that. I mean, come on. I might have paid that. I thought he would go for more. Um, These were shockingly low returns for these defensemen maybe yeah, not for like a Yeah cuz it mar- was it was like premiums yesterday and kind of Yeah the forward the forward market is like you're getting a
1: you're the the haul that New Jersey got for Blake Coleman is nuts. Yes. And then you trade Brendan Dillon who's a fine defenseman for like two kind of mid-round but, but
0: picks. Like, the Leafs couldn't do that trade. They've got I have said it before on this podcast. Yeah, they right. have three of the next six picks they should have in the top 3 rounds of the next two drafts. So if they did that, they'd have one first-round pick of the next two years of three rounds three of the next well, that there's a lot so really next year first second and third yes and the next year first second and third they only have three of those oh, one first geez. round pick so if you've traded a second and third you have one one first round pick Ooh. so you're like your premium lottery tickets the ones that could actually you know hit the big one are in real short supply right now so i don't think you could do the dylan one i think you could have done the DeMelo one you could probably rationalize i don't that want one. Scandella. Scandella, no Although that was great ass
1: smash. I mean I'd ra-
0: yeah, I'd rather have uh, Demello, you know, I'd rather pay the Demello price. Absolutely. Sc- for his skin do you
1: think that there was a divisional I, I mean if they didn't check in on him at least. I would be disappointed. Do you think that there was there there was maybe a divisional rival kind of thing there? Probably not. I don't know. It just it, it just I understand the logic and this is why I wouldn't be a good GM because it's all reactionary like in the moment I saw these sh- these notifications go on my phone and I'm just like you kidding me these are like decent depth defensemen flying around for mid-round picks and the Leafs have like aren't even involved in any of these and and then I, you look at them and you go outside of DeMello it's like eh, is it worth it nah I don't know I don't uh, like do you, is Brendan Dillon putting them over the top is you know like stuff like that it's just it's, it's interesting
0: I mean I mean, you can't just pawn off whatever you want on, on these teams, but I wonder if there was something more creative for DeMelo.
1: Well, like, trade an actual asset.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: th- there are players on this team that I think they could trade, and it wouldn't really impact them that much. I think if you, I, look, I think if you traded Casper Kapanen for the value that he could bring back, I don't think that you would see from how they're playing right now, I don't think you would see that demonstrable of a drop-off. He's, what He's is he giving you right now? He has, like, two goals in his last, what, like, 28 games or something? Like, this guy is, right now, he's, like, replacement level, if that. And, yeah, he's, he shows a good burst of speed every once in a while. Then, and then the one good goal he scores, it's, it's you know, it's punctuated by the fact that he goes and tells the media, yeah, I do that all the time. And now teams are starting to figure it out after he's done that all the time and they've already figured it out.
0: Here's the thing. You might be frustrated by him, and I am too. I might he's be? Worse, he's worth more than... The guys that were traded today. Yes, absolutely. He's worth more absolutely. than Alec Martinez, Is going to go to the Vegas Golden Knights tomorrow for some reason. It's it's a bigger deal when it involves Kapanen and that's why I don't think it's going to happen before the deadline. But since we've you know given both of our stances on what we think should and shouldn't happen, mm-hmm. let's you know guess what we think is going to happen. All right. You. I mean, I'm sort of of the mind that something will happen. Yeah, me too. Uh, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of obviously rumors and chatter out there. A lot of ridi- the rumblings are going of, on a lot of ridiculous stuff that you're seeing. <laughs> um, but I think there's enough, you know, substantiated gossip that, you know, there things, is chatter. Things are definitely being chatted about. Yep. Uh, so I do believe they will do something because What do you think, I that don't will know. Be? I just think they, as much as I don't think they should do anything because they've invested something, I think they believe they should because they have. And I, I, just think they they just don't want to take that big step back. Right? What do you think that'll be though? Like, I, do you, do you think they go they swing for the fences? No, I, I I think I think they will explore that as much as they can, but I just don't think it'll be there. I but I do think they're going to do something at the margins. Uh, okay,
1: like a but like what what does at the margins mean? Is it Per Lindholm for Nick Batan?
0: <laughs> no, well that would be at the margins. I mean that would be actually outside the margins. Well,
1: it was it was on the at the margins last year. It was. And that the most underwhelming, you know, Friedman notification at the end of the de- oh the Leafs have a trade coming in after the deadline. What's it going to be? Nick Patan. he who's still in the in the organization. Who and I also who who I think maybe could have some value to a team that is bad who is looking for cheap skilled players. Like like you're not going to get a defenseman for him, but I think if you if you're looking to recoup maybe the fourth or the fifth that you're going to give for someone like DeMello, maybe you you just literally sell off a Patan and Go hey you know uh hey detroit you don't have a very you don't have very many good players let alone good wingers nick batan is 24 and he he's got some skill and he hasn't given a shot maybe you he'll play 20 minutes on your team why don't you give us a fourth for the trouble like do you actually see that happening though what do you see happening i you know what i'm of two minds but something in me sees like a big swing happening and i could be completely wrong on this and i probably am wrong on this but I don't I just can't shake this feeling that this is gonna that the Leafs are gonna do something I don't want to like say earth-shattering but I think they're gonna do something real like impactful I think that they're gonna bring in at least a name brand to to be like this is your this is your final piece if you can't make it work with this guy then we're done and then then this is then we know for sure that this is on you and whether that name is PK Subban whether that name is Adam Larson whether that name, and this is this doesn't even fit into you know the, the earth shattering thing, but whether that name's even like Zach Bagosian, like I think that I think that they're, and I don't think they're going to bring him in, but he's clearly available and suspended right now because he's got placed on waivers. Um, I think that they're like I think they're going to do something. I mean they can't Kyle Dubas – again like the biggest thing that I noticed covering the Marlies when I did, and also just talking to people around around who have been around him. Is that when he sees problems on his roster, he is very much like he works really hard to correct them really quickly. And if you listen to anything that Justin Bourne talks about, he says when he when he who was a video coach for the Marlies in the past, mm-hmm. when he worked with Keith or when he worked with uh, Dubis, he would they, were, they would have a meeting after a game would be like oh, our lefty is really struggling. And then the next day, some dude would be bringing a hockey bag in who was a lefty. And it's these are these kind of things. Like I think I I think this he's going to use the trade deadline as, deadline as his one last we're giving you this guy figure it out now it's up to you we, there, there's nothing more i can do i've given you all the pieces i've sold off all these things i pawned you know i pawned my jewelry for for your investment for your startup it better hit big
0: couple more days left to have something earth shattering happen there's potentially two more games that we could discuss something earth shattering potentially mm-hmm. happening uh the leafs have two more games before the trade deadline the penguins again thursday at home this time so at least it won't be the exact setting where the lowest points of the season have went down uh and then the carolina hurricanes are in town on saturday night before the trade deadline monday where kyle dubas will set his roster in stone for what's looking like a dogfight with the florida panthers over the last month and a bit we'll talk about the penguins again on thursday bye